Blog Talk Radio. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't come in here unless you say swordfish. I think I got it. Is it swordfish? Are you silver? with the poisons in the vessel with the pestle, the chalice from the palace has to prove that it's true. The guy on first base. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're still in the uh, Corona-19 mode. We're still in the mode that uh, we have to kind of just – we're excited to get back to two hours. But to be quite honest, until we get more sports (laughs) – and that's coming because I know that come May 17th, racing, so so we're going to be able to get our racing docket uh, back on. But uh, uh, for the moment, we're still uh, stuck in limbo with the one-hour show. But we will be – Today we'll be talking about the NFL draft. I, I want to point out that maybe you noticed a little bit of a different opening today. That was an honor to my father. Thank you to my nephew, Kevin Brown, uh, for creating that opening. It was actually a, a video tribute that was played at my father's funeral uh, last Friday. And uh, he died of uh, several complications. Uh, but we found out a day after he passed away that he had contacted the corona uh, virus, and so it's it hit home. It hit home in a major way. But my father was a movie buff, classic movie buff, and uh, and uh, I appreciate Kevin putting that together. Uh, he's uh, certainly very talented in his cinematography, uh, and he talked about one of the reasons that he got into that field was because of his grandfather, my father, uh, in just the love of classic movies. My father was also a pastor, um, and my father also was in radio for several years. As a kid, my first trip to a radio station was with my father. So this show is dedicated to my dad. We're going to be doing everything as normal as he would want. But we're going to take a few moments this morning just to honor him and uh, remember his legacy. 917-889-8516 is my digits. We'll be back. Mo from the BS Sports Show is going to be joining us. Also, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, is going to be joining us. They're going to be uh, bringing us up to uh, speed on some IndyCar stuff. And then uh, also we'll weigh in on some NFL draft. And then Ed Kratz. 
beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and SI.com and our official NFL contributor will be joining us as well as we uh, get, uh, do this show today and in, in, certainly in honor of, of my father. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente, uh, 917-889-8516 is our, is our digits, and I can't find my buttons, but that's okay. It all, it all, it all happens, right? We'll, we'll, we'll get it going. We'll get it going. Quick stop, midnight tea top, Jack and her cherry coke town. Mama and daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yalla dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stop, fade a little map dot New York to LA. We were teenage dreaming, front seat leaning, baby, come give me a kiss. Put me on the cover of the Rolling Stone Uptown, down home, American kids. Rolling up. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
right, and welcome back to the balance. My name is Sal Marquisel, Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits. We're standing by uh, from Mo from the BS Sports Show. Good to be joining us. Also, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, is going to be joining us here momentarily. They have been given the cue to call, so hopefully <laughs> hopefully we get them on here uh, soon. But, you know, like I was talking about just a little bit in, in my opening monologue, Today's show, we're honoring my father who passed away, uh, and uh, it was a, a uh, an amazing funeral, an awesome funeral, so we just wanted to take some time today to honor him, but our show goes on as normal. We're still kind of in the uh, uh, corona pandemic, 60-minute uh, uh, version of the show, if you will, uh, But uh, we're going to get through it. Uh, so what we wanted to do was kind of just kind of review the draft. I mean, this is uh, – I know it's a week late, and we were, we were supposed to have – we had a uh, – uh, we had a um, uh, whole draft show picked up and, and ready to, to rock and roll. And, but, uh, it, <laughs> you know, things, things happen. And so we weren't able to do that, and we weren't able to do – uh, last week's show, but we are back in in the saddle today, uh, kicking uh, things off and, and doing uh, some things. So let's talk a little bit about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, um, it, of course, our home team, if you will, here at the Balance, we're located here in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, high atop the Balance Studios. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the Indianapolis Colts uh, draft picks. Why why we're still standing by? We got him now. Um, oh. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, and uh, we're gonna jump into some NFL draft uh, talk. I, I, you know, I was just getting ready to talk a little bit about the Colts, uh, their draft picks, and and I think you know honestly, and we're gonna give grades. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go from worst to be- best throughout the show today. Uh, obviously. <laughs> Your, your Jordan Love that you thought might end up here ended up at the Packers, and I think that kind of sent a message to Aaron Rodgers, and we'll see what kind of nasty uh, notes we get to, uh, get to talking about with that. But let's talk a little bit about the Indianapolis Colts. I'm really, really happy with Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, even though he, he's uh, in the depth chart going to be behind Mack uh, and running back from Wisconsin, man, um, he landed a sweet spot. Let's talk a little bit about Michael Pittman Jr. out of Southern California. <laughs> Home run. Come on. Let's let's give it up. Uh, this, that's exactly what, what we needed. And, you know, we know that, that Phillip Rivers is a passer. And he's got one of the best offensive lines that he's ever played with in his first year, 20, uh, first year with the Colts. Uh, and he's uh, signed a one-year uh, agreement, as we remember, for $25 million. Uh, but uh, Michael Pittman Jr., he's going to be ready to rock and roll uh, r- uh, right out the box. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the kid's quick. He's tall. He's got great hands. You can throw the ball up, and, and he just goes and gets it. And the Colts haven't had a guy like that, a big receiver like that, uh, you know, in a long time. So, uh, you know, for Philip Rivers, it's a guy like, you know, he had with Mike Williams uh, who can just throw it up and the guy will go get it and, and contort his body to go get the football. So it's something that the Colts have needed for a, a long time, and now they got it. Jonathan Taylor, got to give you got to give credit there. I mean, that was a that was like a, a double dip, if you will, uh, to be able to get two top picks. Uh, in the first two rounds, both a running back and a wide receiver. I mean, you talk about loading up some weapons. I don't know that that we that we as fans have any more excuses. Uh, again, I got to give an A for Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. Well, I, I think what it does is it signals the end of Marlon Mack after this year. I think that yeah. you know the Colts have a lot of people to pay, and, and he's not going to be one of them. Uh, the, the thing that concerns me about Taylor is a the fumbles, but you fix that. But the fact that the guy had uh, you know six thousand yards over three seasons, there's a lot of miles on those legs in that body. That's the only really concerns thing to me. <clears throat> I, I like his play. He's a hard runner. Uh, I think with those two 
you can have a in the line. You can have a fantastic running game, but but he you know he ran for a lot of yards in college. That's the only concerning part to me. Well, let's uh, talk about some of these other really good. Well, I think it's really good picks. Obviously, we picked up another quarterback, T- Jacob Eason, and we we're going to what we're going to see happen here is pretty much what we've uh, predicted in earlier shows is that they'll draft a third quarterback and let uh, uh, him sit behind Jacoby Brissett and Philip Rivers uh, for a year, and uh, Jacoby Brissett probably will move on next year for a lot of reasons, uh, but. Um, We'll see, we'll see what happens, but Jacob Eason, quarterback out of Washington, uh, pretty solid pick in that number three QB. Yeah, I mean, the concerning thing about him is that, uh, you know, he's a lot of scouts and, and people said he's lazy, um, that he doesn't come in and, and work hard at the game plan. You know, that's that's concerning. Um He's a he's a guy that uh, that's got all the attributes to be a good quarterback. He's tall, he can throw the ball uh, a million miles. Uh, you know, had some accuracy problems here and there. Uh, you know, the Colts were set to trade with the Seahawks and go to twenty-seven to get Jordan Love, which is why the Packers pulled the trigger uh, to move up to go get him. So, you know, what we thought was going to happen was going to happen. And uh, the Packers knew it, too. So uh, they moved up and went and got Jordan Love. I don't know that Jacob Beeson is the quarterback of the future, but uh, he's going to have his chance. Uh, you know, he's got a, a good veteran to sit behind in, uh, uh, you know, Philip Rivers. But, you know, I, I, I think the Colts, for this, it's kind of a, hey, let's prove it to me that you're going to be that guy. That all these things have been said about you aren't, aren't true, and then Jacob Beeson will have that shot. Uh, you know, you, you saw him with the boo-boo face every time they cut to him as he fell, you know, and I get it, but, you know, the boo-boo face is some of the reasons that he did fall. So uh, we'll see what happens. And, and you know, do the Colts have the quarterback of the future or are we going quarterback shot again next year? Well, it was certainly fun to watch the NFL draft. It was in a little bit different setting. It, everybody was kind of in a Zoom setting. Uh, joining us also now, Matthew Embry, WSVT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, but also uh, very much into college football with us as well. And so he's going to help us kind of break down the draft. But real quickly, Matthew, uh, uh, any uh, updates or news from the IndyCar front? We, we saw this week where NASCAR is going to be back in action uh, come May the 17th. So slowly but surely, uh, people are, are, are beginning to creep out and we're going to, we're going to get some racing back on the track. The best guess right now is that going to be the Texas 600 that opens the circuit. Um, we're going to see how they do it. They do have to do a further extension to extend the iRacing challenge beyond just this week or not. Um, obviously a lot of news already this week with, uh, you know, the surprise of uh, guys like James Tinchcliffe, Kyle Busch failing to qualify for today's event at Indy. And then you have uh, three uh, non-regulars, Scott McLaughlin, a potential future, Orlando Norris, who won the American, the top three qualifiers. Matt, I don't, I don't know if you're in bad uh, cell coverage or whatever, but uh, – uh, you're popping in and out. Uh, but, yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it is kind of a, an eerie, ironic thing that Hinchcliffe doesn't qualify here at Indy, when, even though it is an I-race at race. And obviously it can be very weird to watch that. And at least we'll get some racing in May. Uh, but, uh, Matt, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear I think I got a lot of people on Twitter when I posted it yesterday is – uh, between years, there is a guy that either has confidence or he doesn't. That's what happened with Mike Conway, why he got away from the Matthew, we're having really hard times uh, talking to you. Maybe uh, you, if you can move yeah. around a little bit uh, or call us back here because we are really having a hard time uh, connecting in with you. We'll go back to uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show, why we try to resolve these audio issues with uh, – with Matthew, uh, but but uh, um, Mo, can you hear me? Okay. Yep, I got you. Okay, all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were just talking a little bit about uh, Jordan, Jordan Love, and that that's a perfect segue into uh, you know moving into some of these other teams, and you know. <laughs> 
I'm going to start with, with my list from worst to best. And I've given the Packers an almost a failing grade. We'll go ahead and give them a passing grade with a D. Uh, but Jordan Love, I think, sends a nasty message to Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it, and it could be in a year or two, Aaron Rodgers sends a message to the Packers saying, you know, I'm ready to leave as well. Or maybe sooner than later. Wouldn't uh, Aaron Rodgers look nice in, in a Colts blue? <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they're kind of real. Those are one of these. That's one of those things that that you, you throw out there in the dark, and then as 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 time begins to happen, we begin to have the more serious discussions about it. But hey, I wouldn't I wouldn't complain about it. I definitely uh, wouldn't complain about it. Let's look at their other their other pick in round two. AJ Dillon, the running back from Boston College, pretty solid pick, but. There again, uh, the Packers, the Packers, the Packer fans are ready for the Packers to go back to the Super Bowl. Let's be realistic about that. And and uh, Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, or Aaron Rodgers, none of those is going to make that happen in 2020. No, you know, and, and the Packers were going to draft a running back. Just think, had they used that earlier selection, how much better of a pick they could have got. Or, you know, hey, get Aaron Rodgers, another receiver. What a novel idea. They haven't used a first-round pick in something like seven or eight years on uh, a skill position player for their their offense. So, you know, uh, there was so much more they could have done with that pick. I understand, you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting older. They're looking towards the future. But, you know, guys now are playing well into their forms of quarterback. So, I just, uh, if you're going to win now, you think you're going to win now with Aaron Rodgers? Well, there were so many guys they could have gotten. So, you know, T. Higgins would have looked nice in that Green Bay uniform, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would like to have seen it. So, uh, I just, I, I, I understand from an organizational standpoint where they were coming from, but it, it just it doesn't make sense right now. And, and I, I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers with a huge chip on his shoulder. Or, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that's kind of out there. You know, he, he is kind of estranged from his family. Uh, he dates that uh, uh, B-word, Danica Patrick. So <laughs> don't, uh, don't don't put it past him to maybe ask for a trade after this year if things go awry. Yeah, he's uh, he he's uh, dating Danica Patrick. That's for sure. All right, well let's, let's talk a little bit about the Patriots. Man, it's just Chris, it, it gives me very hard to give the Patriots credit for anything. So take it take it for uh, for what it's worth. But uh, round number two, number thirty seven overall, they they uh, drafted Kyle Duggar, uh, uh, um, and then they also drafted um, Josh Uke and um, oh the other guy. But I just don't. But what I find interesting for the Patriots. Uh, more than anything than what they did in the draft, we know Tom Brady's moved on to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And just like that, the Bengals release Howley Duty. I mean, Andy Dalton. And what do you think? Uh, there's there's people trying to, to put that together. And I think, you know, an Andy Dalton replacement for Tom Brady, not exactly, but a good solid replacement for Tom Brady there in New England, Andy Dalton. Well, you know, I, I told you guys a long, you know, a while back that, that they loved Jared Steedham. Uh, they loved him last year uh, during uh, uh, the preseason. They, Bill Belichick really likes what he's seen in, in Jared Steedham, and that's why they didn't draft a quarterback. Now, there has been some talk that the Patriots are trying to figure out a way to load up on, on picks uh, to be able to try to move and get Trevor Lawrence next year. I don't see it happening or that they're planning on not being very good to have a shot at going to get in Trevor Lawrence next year. But, I mean, from all reports, Bill Belichick really likes Jared Steedham, and that's why they didn't uh, go get a quarterback, because they could have gotten, uh, you know, probably Jordan Love if they had wanted to. They they could have gotten, uh, uh, you know, uh, a quarterback had they really wanted to. But uh, I think he's content with Jared Steedham for right now to give him a season to see what he goes and, and does. If things go well, Hey, great! If they go sideways, then they they've got a shot to really go get a their quarterback of the future next year if they have a bad season. So well, either way, I think it works out for Bill Belichick. Well, here's the thing: Bill Belichick 
Say what you want about him. He's with the Patriots. It is what it is. He's, you can you can say good and bad things about him, but one thing you can definitely give him credit for, he took a backup quarterback that nobody knew anything about and made him somebody, and that's Tom Brady. Tom Brady obviously was the backup quarterback to Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe uh, gets hurt right before they go in the Super Bowl. They bring in Tom Brady. Well, we they didn't look back. So maybe they have some confidence there. You know, I, I didn't really, uh, going back to my grades, give a, a C to the Steelers, put them in rank number 30. Uh, Chase Clay, Claypool, uh, a wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Love Notre Dame football. Everybody knows that. But I thought maybe they could have uh, chose a little bit more wisely. I mean, you know, we found out uh, that, and I think Juju Smith-Schuster found out that when you're the number one receiver, it's a little harder than when you've got a number one and you get to be the guy who gets to run free all the time. So I I, I was pretty sure they were going to go wide receiver. They also picked up, you know, our former tight end Eric Ebron uh, in the offseason and trying to get some more weapons to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, Chase Claypool is a guy who had, a, you know, a pretty decent tie second-round grade, uh, you know, and, and where those guys were. Uh, you know, one of the guys that was on the board still had some character issues, so he fell to late second round. Uh, so, you know, I think Chase Claypool is a good pick. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. Is he a guy that's going to take enough pressure off Juju Smith-Schuster so he's not double-teamed nonstop? And that's, that's what's going to be the big key for Chase Claypool is to be good enough to, to take some uh, pressure off of Juju so he, he's not uh, double-teamed with a safety over the top the entire time. I think if... Uh, if the Steelers can get uh, a Will Fuller-type uh, production without the injuries from Chase Claypool, they'll be more than happy. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about the Seattle Seahawks earlier and, you know, about uh, how uh, they were doing some negotiations with the Colts. But they ended up, and we got to give them at least a passing grade, they ended up with Jordan Brooks, linebacker from Texas Tech. But I thought the more interesting pick was in their number two pick, and that was with uh, Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks and their draft uh, picks there uh, this year in 2020? Yeah, you know, I, I, Daryl Taylor is something interesting to watch. He's a guy that uh, had been, you know, linked to the Colts at times as well over the, the past uh, few months. Uh, you know, the kid from Tennessee um, definitely played against some good competition in the SEC. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's got the speed on that uh, on the edge to go get guys. Um, you know, especially out in the uh, in the uh, NFC West. You know, I like the uh, I like the tight end, Toby uh, Parkinson from Stanford. You know, Stanford has put out a bunch of great tight ends in the NFL, and, and why think any different that they're that they don't have uh, another winner here? And uh, and Kobe Parkinson. Uh, you know, you got some help for for Russell Wilson on the line uh, with Damian Lewis and LSU. Uh, you know, they they definitely need help on the defensive side. And uh, they, they went and did it. So, uh, you know, Russ has obviously had some trouble on the line, so they addressed that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, you look at the evolution of this offense as it continues. Uh, you know, don't forget, they're a team that went into Philadelphia last year and knocked them out in the playoffs. So they were just uh, they were just missing some pieces. So if they can hit on a couple of these guys on the defense, it could be a, a, a fun year for the Seattle Seahawks fans. Are you going to be able to stick around for the next segment, or do you got to go? Uh, yeah, I need about 10 more minutes or so. Okay, great. So we're going to get, go into that in just a second. We'll be connecting with Ed, Ed Crafty, writer for Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. I want to talk with him about the Eagles picks, and I certainly want to get his thoughts, and we'll try to save the thunder for that. But, I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, as, as their backup QB, that might send another signal if we're talking about uh, quarterbacks being drafted as a signal. Also, talking about quarterbacks, uh, it looks like Kansas City, of course, we knew this. Uh, no news flash here uh, that uh, – uh, that, uh, uh, um, Patrick Mahomes is uh, going to be the franchise quarterback there for Kansas City, and they they show that this week uh, with giving him another five year extension on his contract with a massive payout. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if they could if they could get Patrick Mahomes to play there forever, I think they would figure out a way too. I mean, that was the biggest no brainer I think in NFL history. Uh, the guy has kind of morphed the uh, the quarterback 
the quarterback position a little bit, just the way he throws, the arm angles, the angles from which he can get away to throw. Uh, I don't think there's a more exciting guy to watch in the NFL right now than Patrick Mahomes. So I think both the Kansas City Chiefs fans and the NFL are very happy. Mo for the BS Sports Show joins us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back right here for the second half of our show here, and we're going to be breaking down these draft picks, and we'll be talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, and our official NFL contributor about the Eagles picks, and we'll continue uh, going through our list of, of grades, if you will, and we'll try to speed that up a little bit so that we could get to some of the better picks uh, that happened throughout uh, the, the, the draft. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. His name is Jason McCullough. And he alone holds the answers to Calendar's problems. The Rock. Or The Rope. everything else fails. The finger. You suck his finger in the end of your what? All Jason needs is the town's support and the love of a good woman. Never has the West been wilder. Hold it! Hold it! Just put it out there! Just hold it! Okay, go ahead! Wow! Support your local sheriff. 
Tide, welcome back to the balance. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, again, take some time to this show. We honor my father and, and, uh, you know, a lot of things talked about a little bit about this in the opening monologue. Uh, A lot of things that my dad brought and it was just so surreal during the funeral to hear the different things from adult, from, from grandkids and nieces and nephews and, of course, kids and brothers and sisters and siblings uh, all kind of talk about the things that they extracted from my dad's life that they brought to uh, to their own adult life. And uh, appreciate everybody's patience last week as, as we weren't able to do the show as my father's funeral was on Friday. And, it, you know, it's... It, 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 it was rough, you know. Yeah, well, I, I won't lie. It was one of the toughest weeks of, of my life. And then to find out one day after he died that he had actually was positive for corona. Uh, he had originally tested negative. They quarantined him and others from those that had tested positive from the nur- nursing home. And then he got pneumonia and, and passed away. But one of the things my father loved was classic movies. I mean, and that was the trailer from one of my dad's uh, favorite movies, Support Your Local Sheriff. But he, any kind of classic movie that you can think of from Abbott and Costello to just uh, the old Disney movies, the Apple Dumpling Gang. I could just go on with list after list after list. My dad loved. My dad was also a pastor. And my brother, my, my younger brother is also a pastor. But for me personally, my dad was in radio, Christian radio on different radio. My dad was in radio when I was born. It was kind of always his his other side gig and kind of like it is with me. Uh, But the first time I ever walked into a radio station, I I may have been five or six years old, uh, was with my father. And just to to learn from the old radio stuff, the old radio school, and there's something to be said about old school. I know I'm 51 years old, and and uh, my parents had been married 52 years, uh, high school sweethearts, and just you know you'll never find that kind of of love affair again. So this show we de- took some time to get dedicate to to my dad uh, because again. Uh, that's why we named the show Standing in His Shadow. But we're going to move forward. We're going to continue doing things. That's certainly what my father would, would want. In fact, my father would not want this kind of attention that he's getting right now. Uh, but joining us now is Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. And hanging on the hook with us also is Mo from the BS Sports Show. We're breaking down the draft show. Ed, how are you, sir? Hey, Tom. Uh, doing well, thank you. I want to pass along my condolences i know we've texted this week um i never knew your father but i know you and it doesn't sound like you fell too far from the uh, from the tree there so uh you know he sounded like a wonderful man and left you with a lot of memories and that's that's all we can hope for and um is those good memories so hang on to those and you know uh my, my sympathies for sure Thank you. Yeah, um, unfortunately, with the way that the world is right now, uh, uh, it can only be family there. But, you know, they, a lot of times they say the funeral to open up to everybody that that person touched. Had that happened between my dad's radio life and my, my dad's pastoral life and just the kind of guy that he was, he never knew a stranger. Uh, my dad knew everybody. <laughs> And I and I kind of wow. think that's a literal thing. We would have to rent out uh, some stadium or something for the funeral, but it was really really good. But let, let's move forward with it. Uh, Mo uh, Mo's still with us as well. We were talking a little bit about the Colts picks, but we want to give some time uh, to the Eagles. Uh, obviously, Jalen Rager, uh, wide receiver, TCU, was your first round pick. Certainly a solid pick. But what I what what I'm wondering, and we've been talking about this kind of a, another secondary theme to the show is is signals that are being sent, and we we, we talked about the the Colts uh, drafting, and then but then the um, the Packers drafting Jordan Love, which we feel is going to start stirring up some nasty love with Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at the number two pick that I find interesting, and again, maybe reading into the tea list, Lisa, is this just a solid number two pick, or is Jalen Hurts a signal to the future uh, and that Carson Wentz is, it needs to, to work hard to keep his job? Well, I, I think, you know, every NFL player needs to work hard to keep their job, but, you know, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to Carson yet after they picked Jalen Hurts. Um, 
he just had his first child last uh, Monday. He had a baby girl. Um, they began their virtual workouts this week. I'm not sure how much of a participant he's been in that, but um, you know, you could say, okay, is he angry about it? And I understand Rogers is probably angry about Jordan Love. The Packers made a move up to get him, took him in the first round when, you know, the Packers clearly needed a wide receiver, uh, a lot of help really, um, on both sides of the ball. And they end up taking a quarterback that they think is going to replace Rogers, who I think feels like he could play another five years. So, I can understand him being upset, but as far as Carson Wentz, I mean, you know, what the Eagles paid him uh, over $100 million with an extension just not even a year ago, really. Uh, about nine months ago, they gave him this huge extension. So he should feel comfortable that, look, this is my job. Um, you know, he's going to have to come in here and be my backup. And if I get hurt, then maybe Jalen Hurts steps in. And let's face it, uh, Wentz has been hurt. You know, he. Played all 16 last year for the first time since his rookie year. But then in the playoff game, he got knocked out with a concussion uh, after just a handful of plays, and they had to bring in a 41-year-old backup. So I I think, I don't think Wentz will react as negatively as Rodgers. I think he understands, you know, what the score is as far as taking Hurts in the second round. He's a guy that's going to be developed. Uh, you know, you hope that his skill set is what everybody thinks it is and will translate to the NFL. I mean, he was a terrific college quarterback, played at two, uh, you know, college football factories in Alabama and Oklahoma and piled up a lot of passing yards and rushing yards. So uh, I think he'll come in and probably have maybe a little bit of a package type role. Um, Marty Morningweg, who is back on the Eagles staff as an offensive consultant. And he was in Baltimore when the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson uh, and it was Morningweg who put in a package for uh, Jackson to play each week. And then when Flacco got hurt, I think it was after nine weeks, then, of course, Jackson stepped in and Flacco never got his job back. But until that point came, there was a role where Jackson ran the ball. I think he ran it, you know, 23 or four times in those first nine games. He threw it 12 times. So I think you might see some of that with Jalen Hurts. I think you might see more gadget plays. I think he'll – uh, give some of these play callers that the Eagles have and Peterson and Scarin Scangarello, who they brought in from the 49ers. Um, you'll see more of a, an event of a creative offense. I think the Eagles offense last year got a little stale. It looked stale. It didn't look creative or innovative. And I wasn't sure if that was the personnel, which I think it was because we saw what Peterson and uh, staff did in 2017 when they were pretty creative on their way to the Super Bowl. But last year it seemed to get a little stale. And I think Jalen Hurts will allow them to, uh, create some different formations and packages that will keep defenses on their toes. But I don't think Wentz should be upset about this at all. The Eagles got him a bunch of wide receivers in this draft. He's got the weapons at the tight end position. They've surrounded him with weapons. They gave him a big money deal. This is his team. And now he just has to stay healthy and keep Hurts parked on the bench. Mo joins us also, Mo, for the BS Sports Show, hanging around for this from the first segment. been talking about these draft picks. Uh, Mo, what do you got for Ed? What do you got for Ed about the Eagles or anything else regarding the, the draft? Yeah, you know, Ed, is there, was there some disappointment uh, maybe that uh, the Eagles could have waited, could have gotten Justin Jefferson instead? It just, I, you know, I like Jalen Rigger. Uh, you know, I've got to, to talk with his dad a few times back when he was with the Colts. Uh, but you know Justin Jefferson just seems more like that uh, that prototypical wide receiver that maybe the Eagles would like a little more. What were the reasonings behind taking Jalen Rigger over Justin Jefferson? Well, I, you know I think they're both going to be good receivers in the NFL. <clears throat> it's interesting they were six receivers taken in the, in the first round and you know a boatload through the whole draft. So it'll be really interesting to follow you know, how all these guys work out. But I I just think there were so many different options at receiver and so many different you know, Howie Roseman, the GM, talked about flavors of ice cream. You know, there were like 31 different flavors. And I think they just felt Rager was the better flavor, the better fit for their team uh, with what they want to do. And what they want to do is they want to be able to stretch the field with speed. Um, and I know Jefferson was very fast at the combine, um, but I don't think he necessarily showed that type of play speed like Rager did. It's, it's, it's weird because Jefferson ran a faster 40 than Rager. But when you look at the game tape, uh, Rager plays faster. He's more explosive than Jefferson. And I just think that's what the Eagles wanted. They wanted someone to stretch the field deep. Deshaun Jackson, 33 years old, got hurt after one game last year. And the Eagles offense, again, became very vanilla, did not uh, have any speed to stretch the field. And it was a struggle 
for them to pick up yards. They had to have long drives. They want to be a little more explosive and, uh, you know, hit those deep passes and uh, stretch things out a little. I just think Rager was, they felt was a better fit in that regard. And, and they also like what Rager can do in the punt return game. They needed a punt returner. Um, and, and, you know, Rager is very electric in that part of the game. So I just think overall he was the better fit, or at least they felt that way. I'm not totally sure I agree, but um, that's what they felt. I mean, I like Jefferson a lot too. Played in a pro offense at LSU with Joe Brady, who's now in the NFL with the Panthers. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to follow both their careers. I think Jalen Rager initially is going to be Deshaun Jackson's backup, but we know Jackson won't play all 16 games. He never does. Um, and even if he does by chance, then I think Rager will still have uh, a role somewhere. He can play, as he said, he's not just an inside or outside receiver. He's a receiver. He can line up in a lot of different places as long as he's able to digest the playbook uh, and he can hurt you from different positions on the field. He's not just an outside guy who can go deep. You know, he can do a lot of other things. So, it's going to be exciting to see how he develops, how Jefferson develops, how C.D. Lamb develops. You know, all those guys that went in the first round, Judy, Ruggs, uh, Ayuk, um, and even the Colts, you know, Michael Pittman, taking Michael Pittman. Yeah, that was a good pick. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. Heck I mean, to I, the I, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, they might regret it. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I would have done it. I thought they should have taken Jefferson, but I can see why they took Rager. They just thought he was a better fit for what they do. You know, uh, we're talking with uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com and Mo from the BS Sports Show. Uh, Ed's our official NFL contributor. Uh, but we were talking about the Colts. And so that aside, I, I gave the Colts an A+, but we want to give time to to other other teams, if, if you will. And I, I kind of just went through and looked at at, at teams that I thought did extraordinarily well and extraordinarily bad. And we kind of started at the bottom of the list, but for for the time sensitivity that we're in, we'll, we'll kind of move back to the top of the list. We had, I had said that I thought that the worst, the worst uh, performance in the draft was with the Green Bay Packers. And I didn't even give it to the Bengals. So, you know, I think the worst I, – I, I mean, not the Bengals. I'm sorry, the Browns. But uh, well, we could talk about the Bengals, too. We did talk about uh, – uh, Andy Dalton being uh, released from the Bengals and maybe uh, uh, New England will sweep him up, but maybe not because as we, we talked about earlier, uh, uh, Belichick has a history of making backup quarterbacks uh, somebody. And when we remember that happened with Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, but I want to give hats off to the Ravens. The Ravens seem to check, check off every single box and their first round, they grabbed that Patrick uh, Queen linebacker out of LSU, which we know was a super stud in college. Baltimore, though, somehow managed to uh, find an amazing value in almost every round. And it seems unfair that they do so this year, uh, really after Queen feels the void uh, uh, that had been lingering since C.J. Mosley. Uh, Ed and Mo, what are your thoughts on the Ravens? We'll start with you, Ed. Yeah, the Ravens are just a great, you know, they're a terrific run organization. You know, Eric DaCosta, the general manager, and before that, Ozzie Newsom did a good job. They're very good at evaluating talent uh, and matching that with uh, need. I mean, like you said, they needed a linebacker, and they got Patrick Queen from LSU, who uh, that's a great pick at, the, at that point. And then they they got the running back from Ohio State. Um, what was his name? J.K. Dobbins. I know the Eagles were mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the picks the Eagles were thinking of making. They had considered J.K. Dobbins at that point uh, before they made Jalen Hurts the 53rd selection, and then Dobbins comes along, and the Ravens take him at 55. I love that pick. I mean, you know, you have to watch these running backs. A lot of them have, you know, the high mileage on them. Um, you know, you don't know how they'll uh, hold up in the NFL, so it's kind of always a risk when a running back comes in and has carried the ball a lot like Dobbins. But great value pick, and then they get a defensive tackle in the third round. Um, another another need pick, and I like that Duvernay from Texas, their wide receiver, who I thought would have made good sense for the Eagles. So yeah, I thought I thought they really did a good job of getting players that fit the good value where they took them, and they're good players. I mean, Millie Carrison, their linebacker from Ohio State, they had another linebacker. So yeah, you could go up and down the board here, and they got players that are going to help them probably a lot sooner than later. 
Mo, what are your thoughts on the Ravens? But then we'll go on over to the Cowboys. It's my number two on the list. And I know Ed probably doesn't want to see the Cowboys anywhere high on a list, but they did they did uh, good with uh, CeCe Lamb and Trevon Diggs in their first and second pick. Uh, Mo, but what are your thoughts on the Ravens? And let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, just like I said, they they got great value, I think, at every every spot. And, and uh, Justin and Matabuke from Texas A&M, the defensive lineman, and they got, uh, you know, in a third round could wind up being maybe the steal of the draft. Uh, a lot of people high on this kid. So, uh, I mean, like always, like Ed said, you know, the the Ravens are such a well-run organization. And, and draft-wise, you know, they uh, they always do very well. I mean, you know, they got the NFL MVP as kind of a throwaway quarterback that nobody really wanted that year uh, with the last pick of the first round. So uh, it's uh, it's a well-run organization every time. And, and when uh, when you're a fan of the Ravens, you're never worried about the draft because you know that uh, that your team is, is going to go get the right guys for the right fits and the right needs. So uh, like every year, I'm always impressed with the Ravens draft. What about the Cowboys? You know, uh, Ed Jones uh, – Ed Jones. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Jerry Jones, I'm so sorry. Uh, he he uh, did his virtual draft aboard his – his yacht, uh, Bravo something. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but uh, man, if you're going to draft from a yacht, apparently it helps you helps you do well there with the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. You know, oh, go ahead. Ed. Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. I want to. All right, I'll go. All right. So all I remember about that yacht is the price tag, two hundred and thirty-five million. Must be nice to. Be able to fork over two hundred thirty-five million dollars for a yacht. Um, I don't know what the name of it was though, but uh, yeah, it, Cowboys did a you know did a terrific job. Um, but we should also point out that their first-round pick from a couple of years ago, Taco Charlton, uh, was cut by the Dolphins recently. He just got picked up by the Chiefs, but you know he was a bust. So uh, maybe this is kind of redemption for you know some of those awful picks Jerry's made in the past. But C.D. Lamb falling to them at seventeen was huge. Uh, you know, probably the number one receiver on a lot of people's boards, and there he is sitting there. And the, you know, Jerry took him, and now that's going to be a heck of an offense for Des Br- or uh, De- Dak Prescott to to uh, operate with Mari Cooper and C. Uh, C. D. Lamb, and then you have the running game with Ezekiel Elliott, and um, you know, the tight end's a bit of a question mark, but uh, you know, those are some good pieces on offense. And then they got the cornerback they needed to replace Byron Jones. You mentioned Diggs. From Alabama, they addressed the defensive line. They definitely needed help there. And then I like the cornerback they took, Reggie Robinson from Tulsa. I think he's a, a good sleeper. And then, uh, w- weirdly enough, the Eagles made a trade with the Cowboys to the Eagles for them to move back, and they gave their pick at number 146 to the Cowboys, and they took the center that they needed. And the pretty good center at that, that Tyler Biotis from Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, Howie Roseman was asked about that on the conference call. I asked him about it, actually. Like, why would you trade with the Cowboys? And he said, well, it has to be a good deal. I hate trading in the division. And he thought it was a good deal for the Eagles. But to me, it looks like a better deal for the Cowboys when they get their center of the future uh, and be honest. And then, you know, I like their pick in the fifth round of, of the defensive end, uh, Bradley Anay, who, you know, he plays with a real nasty attitude. You know, physically, he's not real fast, but when he gets to the quarterback, he's just a nasty disposition player uh, who will bring some fight to that defense. And, uh, you know, I just – I like that draft. I think they took a quarterback in the last round. I don't remember who it was. But, um, you know, that draft from top to bottom for the Cowboys looks really, really good. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they use these pieces and try to win their first Super Bowl in, like, you know, 50 years or whatever it's been. But uh, – not 50 years, but – at least in this century. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch. It's amazing that when a player asks for oh, $125 million or uh, $200 million over an extended period of time, it's really hard for the owners to pay that kind of money. But when they go to pay a yacht that's $250 million, well, that's no problem. We, we, got, it, we got it covered. Uh, Mo from the BS Sports right. Show. Mo, what are your thoughts on, on the Cowboys? But also, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the Vikings, Mo. I mean, the Vikings did a very solid with Justin Jefferson out of LSU. LSU, I mean, of course, we knew that was going to happen. That was uh, one of the most predictable things that was going to happen in the draft, that LSU would just knock it out in the first round. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, another and then they picked up that kid from Boise State, uh, Ezra Cleveland. 
as well in the number two pick. So with the, the, the what, are, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys and the Vikings, Mo? Well, I, first, I think Jerry Jones' yacht was probably, I think it was, if I remember correctly, was named, uh, I have a small penis. Touche. Touche. The Cowboys getting C.D. Lamb, like I said, was, was phenomenal. It, but you can always count the Cowboys, you know, every four or five years to be in salary cap hell and, you know, I think in the next couple of years, they'll probably wind up being the nine again. So, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb makes sense. I can't see Amari Cooper playing out his contract. There's just no way I think that that's going to work out for them. So, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb, a hell of a pick. And like I said, top to bottom, you know, the Cowboys did a pretty good job, which is strange to say uh, for a Jerry Jones-led team that uh, that he did a pretty good job. It's, I know I think coming out before the draft and saying he didn't want to be bothered by any of his personnel guys or anything like that, I think it's just such a – Douche at times, uh, but uh, you know they did they did a, they did a good job. So uh, you know, and, and like you said, you know the Vikings, uh, the Vikings did a pretty uh, darn good job too. You know they uh, they get Justin Jefferson, uh, you know who I really like. But you know I, I think they got another skill in that first round uh, with the uh, with the cornerback Jeff Gladney from TCU. A lot of people liked him, and if you remember a couple weeks ago when we did our mock draft, you know he was gone much earlier. Uh, so I, I I think that the Vikings overall. Uh, they they did a pretty darn good job. They've got uh, some help on that defensive uh, line. They got you know uh, uh, the kid out of South Carolina at DN. They got a couple of good cornerbacks, and uh, you know I just I like what they did overall. Well, we'll see what happens. We don't have time to get to all the teams, but let's certainly talk a little bit about uh, the Bengals. Mo, uh, I mean Ed, we'll start with with you a little bit. Uh, we they drafted Joe Burrow, obviously releasing um, uh, Dalton. We have some uh, pretty good quarterbacks, pretty high-dollar quarterbacks, if you will, still out there, Cam Newton. Where, where, where does all this play out as far as Dalton? And uh, a lot of people were just kind of throwing out there the idea that he might uh, uh, be a Patriot. But where does Dalton end up? Where does Cam Newton end up? Uh, what are your thoughts on these quarterbacks? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, you have to look at the quarterback needy teams. You mentioned the Patriots earlier. Belichick went in with backup quarterbacks. I, I just, I would be amazed if he could win with Brian Hoyer. I think the difference is Hoyer's a little older than Brady was when he became the quarterback. And uh, same with uh, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, you know, he was young too. I mean, Hoyer's been around. He has a track record. There's tape on him. I mean, I just don't see how they're gonna, uh, how Belichick is gonna win with them and with him and. Uh, would they be interested in Dalton? I don't know. They might, or maybe Belichick will try to actually win with Dalton or Jarrett Stidham. And if not, then they won't have a good record and maybe they can make a move up to try to get Trevor Lawrence uh, from Clemson to be their quarterback of the future in next year's draft. But uh, you know, who else needs a quarterback? I mean, I guess you could say maybe, you know, I don't know if the Raiders could use one. I think they ended up taking one in the draft. Um, But you know, at this point, what teams need, a quarterback like Cam Newton to come in and play. Um, there's not many of them, I don't think, unless Mo can think of some, but I, I don't know how that's all going to play out. And Andy Dalton, you know, he was a good quarterback in Cincinnati. He wasn't, you know, he didn't put him over the top, but is that all his fault? Probably not. I mean, Marvin Lewis has to take some culpability there, obviously, but um, it was, that to me was a surprise. I thought, you know, Dalton and Burrow would compete. Uh, and made a better man win, and Dalton would really push Burrow, and Burrow would push Dalton, and that competition would make that position stronger. But, you know, I guess the Bengals didn't see it that way, so now he's out scrambling for a job. Well, we're going to give you the final word of the, of the show today, uh, just to give us your overall thoughts on the 2020 virtual draft. Thank God that came in a dead boy. I was, I've been jonesing for anything, uh, you know, sports-wise, and you know, it was different, but it was it was. I think the NFL did a good job to try to make it fun. And I think they did, uh, yeah. Which fun, yeah, which is is weird to say about a, a you know a league that's been labeled a no fun league. I think they tried to do a good job to make it fun. I think I think poor Roger got sleepy at the end of that first night. Uh, I, I thought uh, we caught him napping a couple of times. Uh, evidently, he didn't get his beauty rest before the draft, or, or didn't expect it was going to go that long. But uh, by the end of the night, boy, he looked like uh, a grandpa just laid back in his chair and couldn't wait till the thing was over so he could crash down. But uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't. I didn't know if I would like it at all without the fans and stuff. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I think ESPN, the NFL Network, and the NFL did a really good job of presenting this draft under the circumstances. 
I think so too. And it was kind of fun to watch Roger Goodell in his his basement, and then they uh, turned out a contest. There's a contest or a sweepstakes that that a Monday that that a fan will get to come to his basement and watch a Monday night football game in his man cave there in his chair, and he'll and he'll set they'll be able to sit in the chair. Oh, I thought they did a lot of good uh, good things with it, and you know the NFL has, has found a way. To stay alive and and, and and relevant during all of this time, and really excited to get back, things back to normal um, here in Indiana. I know that the governor announced yesterday that we're going to slowly start getting back through things and, and through some stages. Um, but uh, certainly by mid-May to by the end of the month, most people should be back out of their houses and operating as normal. I know that. The, the stages were, are, are, are a little bit spread out on, on how bars and restaurants and things are going to open back up. But slowly but surely, we're going to get back to it. And, and NASCAR announced that they, without the fans, they're going to start May the 17th. Uh, and so, you know, come August, we're going to have the Indianapolis 500. And, and when the season kicks off with the NFL, we're going we're gonna to be ready to rock and roll. Mo from the BS. BS Sports Show has joined us, and Ed Kratz, beat writer from the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com. Thank you guys for joining us and helping me honor my dad. Ed, where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Uh, on Twitter, at Kratz, K-R-A-C-Z-E. Um, we're on SI.com, slash NFL, slash Eagles, brings you right to the Eagles' uh, work. But, um, yeah, I just want to say again, Tom, my condolences and um, your father sounded like a terrific man. Sorry I didn't get to know him, but I got to know you, and that's that's about as close as it can get. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Ed, you have yourself a, a good weekend, sir. Thank you. See you, Mo. See you, buddy. Mo, Mo, thank you so much for joining us. I also want to uh, extend my appreciation uh, off the text that you sent me offline was very encouraging. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Well, I have none, so at K-R-A-C-Z-E, and just follow that. Get, get all the good stuff there. <laughs> I understand. I appreciate it, buddy. Have, you, have right, yourself man. a good weekend. You too, buddy. Thank you. Bye. We're going to have to wrap it up, put a bow on it. Uh, I appreciate Mo and Ed joining me today. It's beyond my father. And, uh, you know... My dad was one of those people he probably wouldn't have wanted all this attention. Well, he got it anyway. Thank you, Dad, for everything you did for me. And thank you for um, um, introducing me to radio. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Remember to tell your dad you love him.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.